0: You're listening to a fourth hand production.
1: Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts
2: and the paranormal?
0: Now are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental
2: uh, planes that they're?
3: Police in Espanola are catching more than just... And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. This is uh, our special bonus episode, Strangers on the Ranch. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Alex. I'm Larry. I was wondering if you were there, Larry. You're kind of kind of behind the game. <laughs>
1: so. It's weird to uh, not have John with us tonight. It is. I miss it is weird. Him. I was just going to say, he's working, so that's good and bad. I mean, cool that he's working, but sucks that he's not here.
3: in in the In the lighten of the recent times, yeah, work is always good. But then again, you know, he's not happy with his shift. I know it. I know it kind of sucks. So, anyway, we are. This is actually a show review of episode. We do this every week. Um, we do have good news. I so I caught you a little mention on the chat, Josh. Yeah, absolutely. I think for the interview. So we just got done interviewing uh, Thomas Winterden. Who's actually the ranch superintendent for skinwalker ranch um we're gonna have that out either the exact same time or give or take a day with this interview as well uh, the reason we're splitting them up is just because one ran a little longer so we just want well, to listen this and you listen to this but i reached out kind of did some footwork and and he actually what he say? he listened to an episode or one of the episodes yeah. and he's like well i guess we should try to make this happen i
1: he didn't say which one, so I'm a little nervous. But. A little
3: nervous, too. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. But well, either way, I mean, it's cool.
2: I'm sure he's getting plenty of requests for podcasts right now. And the for fact sure. that he's down to do your guys is, is
1: amazing. Yeah, that's great.
3: Well, I'm sure they all are. I mean, I'm, I'm sure people are scrambling. Yeah,
1: was Strangers on the Ranch. <laughs> right, exactly. So probably noticed we've got Larry and Alex with us today, as usual. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Secretive Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, anybody got anything to talk about before we jump in, other than that Thomas Winterton's a pretty cool dude?
3: No, I just want to kind of piggyback on that. Yeah, it's really cool being that, uh, number one, he's a Utah native, you know, other than traveling around a little bit. My first question really was – have you heard about this? And of course he has. And when you listen to the interview, you'll know why he's very intimate with the place even before he got hired on to do his job. Just very neat to have that part of. And and like I said, I'm, I'm glad we had the chance, but no, that's all I, I got on my side. We can jump into this, Josh.
1: All right. So since John's not here, I'm going to walk us through the episode. Everybody just chime in on your thoughts and your notes and everything. So this is episode five, Dangerous Curves. Nice title. Was that what it was called? I missed that completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I make notes about stupid shit like that because I think it's funny. So uh, this episode begins June 29th at 4.51 AM at the Taylor trailer. So the trailer looks nice, guys. I don't know if you noticed that. Looked like a nice fifth wheel. Yeah, Good. I think it was I a river there, in that. So. It looked great.
2: It kind of it made me think of uh, my wife's story in the UNA basin being in a trailer
1: like oh. that.
0: Totally, Larry. Totally. Totally.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just asking if the trailers she was staying in were that awesome. Hearing her story, I pictured them as like campers, like old. Yeah, I
2: mean, they were paid for by the state, so I'm sure sure they were lower quality.
1: (laughs) Right on. So William, which is a hell of a name for a dog. Woke. (laughs) Travis up, just agitated as shit, barking at stuff. Out in the middle of the night. And when Travis went out to investigate, he heard like a screeching out in the dark. Uh, to me, if the sound that they were playing on the show is like the actual audio that his camera picked up, it almost sounds mechanical.
3: Yeah, that's so, I was going to say. It sounds close to what we heard when we were out there again. It, it just it seems like that's in the airwaves of some sort. And, and I think he said there was times like his radio waves, right? I think he was talking about. I think, uh, yeah. So
1: he he went to the spectrum analyzer and the signal was oscillating across the entire spectrum. He said it's like turning on the radio and every station is playing the same song, which is fucking nuts because the entire spectrum is ridiculously huge. Well, yeah. And and
2: where did he go? Just was it within hertz or was it from, you know, gamma all the way to? The other end.
3: Yeah, I think he said it peak like at two gigahertz, which is pretty fucking high if if you think about that kind of a frequency band. So
1: I can't tell you off the top of my head right now. Um I could have told you when I thought I didn't need to write it down in my notes, but it was he was going from like ultra low frequency frequencies they use to communicate with submarines to almost dangerously high frequencies. Yeah,
3: it's crazy. So it was
1: pretty fucking nuts. He also said he just doesn't know what to think about it. Never seen anything like it in his entire life.
3: He's, he's just dumbfounded completely. He, he's a yeah, himself.
1: He's fucking growing on me. I like sure. I like him.
3: I like him too.
1: Uh, you guys have any other thoughts on the opening scene for move on? Um, did he ever find his dog?
0: I was going to say he never went and looked for his dog. <laughs> I'm like, dude, where's the dog? That. Where's the fucking dog? Amy's like, well, it's not his dog, is it? And I was like, I don't know. It was in his trailer, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he knows its name. Yeah, fucking William. Go get that.
2: Go get that good
0: boy. Where's Where's that good boy at?
2: That was funny. That was the first thing that Carissa said, too. I was like, did he ever find the dog? You know, super concerned. That's what I
0: said. He came back to measure his waves, and I was like, fuck the waves. Where's the goddamn dog? (laughs) <laughs> Fuck the waves. Where's the William?
3: Oh, it'll. I'm sure the dog will drop out of a fucking portal like on episode fucking eight or some shit.
1: It's, just out of nowhere. Uh, so. I'm pretty sure the dog came back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway. Storm dogs are like that. You know? So, 8.47 a.m. Taylor's briefing the boys at the command center. My first impression of this scene was that Jim Segala was very horny for what Travis was saying. As was I. <laughs> I... Had Nerd Boner, for sure. I know what you're getting into um, here. Oh. Yeah. I was super upset that when he started talking about... Like, they did a recap of The High Strangeness and they didn't play a clip of Travis saying UFOs. They <laughs> had <him laughs> enunciating it. And that made me fucking... I love fucking, how he UFOs. UFOs. But this is where they get into the fucking uh, wormhole theory where Travis starts busting that shit out. When you we were our group text was going off while I was like, I'm going to watch it in like 45 minutes. Shut up. I totally got it. When you guys were like dragon's face, when when Travis starts talking about the wormhole theory, he just looks so fucking not even upset, just like perplexed. (laughs) He looks,
3: he looks like a fucking old garbage, sale, like a, a fucking yard sale cabbage patch kid. Like his expression on his face. I was like, God, that is the most sourpuss look.
2: I had another like fleeting thought of like, oh, there he is being that guy that I didn't appreciate again. <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he's getting better for the most part. You no, know, most I'm, part. He's a little yeah. snippy in this episode. But I I kind of get where he's coming from. We'll get to that.
0: Me it's too. Fucking- but it's like, dude, you're the fucking security guard. Of course they're not. Yeah. Never mind. he will get into, into
1: <laughs> that later. They also talk about how the you basin is a bowl and it could be acting like satellite dish, focusing the radiation up above them. Also energy could be coming from below and being focused above by the basin being like a lens. Yeah. I got so fucking nerd horny when they were talking about that. Like it's pretty
0: insane concept that I don't think anyone's ever come up with or heard of like,
3: yeah, I did know. we talk, I, I think the last one I said, I was listening to a podcast, Tra, uh, Travis actually was talking about it, that he really firmly believes, and there's studies that it was a meteor impact, that entire basin. And so there's a possibility that there could be mineral deposits or how it's shaped, how it's concaved. He was talking about an ancient, ancient meteor impact that formed that area, if that makes sense, right? which would play with the theory that, I that mean, I'm literally. no geologist,
1: so I'm not going to say that he's wrong, but also we live on a pretty active fault, as mm-hmm. everyone's butts can tell Ooh. them from the last six weeks. So I don't know how much of that would be meteor impact slash just tectonic motion. I also just like to say tectonic. Yeah, I mean, fuck, dude, if there was a, a meteor impact up there, that would be fucking crazy.
3: That'd that had changed a little mean. bit. Just because of how it how it shaped. And if he did a blown out proportion of the basin itself. And, and you know, you can make that work. And you, if you look at it, you can yeah. make those formations kind of make sense, you know. But anyway, yeah, I eh, don't know. It,
1: I mean, that, if there's like a bunch of like weird elements that were deposited by that impact up there, that would make a lot of sense as to the activity also. Yeah, know?
0: it would just, it would add to the mythos and mystery of everything. You know what I mean? Just throw that in the blender. Yep. Like, yep. That's Agreed. Even,
1: uh, Travis is a much smarter man than me, so I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying, like, let's also not ignore the ob- obvious, I guess. Anyway, my last note on this segment is zagala is so fucking horny because he gets so he's like <laughs> when, What's the when they're talking thing? about the, the theories of like the basin acting like a dish and stuff. It's I don't know. I love it. You guys got kind anything? Of- it is what they're saying it's amplifying a signal to a certain point yeah it's it's pretty amazing I mean it might be like a natural <laughs> natural satellite dish
3: yeah well not only that but yeah. they were talking about kind of a diamond point where you're looking at what last episode or the episode before one mile up like a diamond then one mile below mm-hmm. and we just drawing that out you know maybe there's a parameter or range that that things are happening I you know again it's all plausible theory but eh, who knows
1: well, I mean, like if the source—if the source is coming from underneath the Earth, and it's blowing out through the basin like like a dish, and then focusing at a point, like that's the fucking Death Star, man. Like that's the oh, calm down, Star Wars, laser oh, I love that. And that would be a plausible way for there to be a source of this massive RF radiation a, a mile above the Earth that should require an antenna, but you can't see one actually a plausible explanation for it. Like, I think that shit's cool as hell. Yeah.
3: Yeah, it could be. Absolutely.
0: And, and so would that be that, would that be a man-made thing or would that be a natural phenomenon? Could be either. Yeah. Right? Or, or not man-made at all extraterrestrial made or you know whatever made but
1: or ultra terrestrial or
0: interdimensional like, yeah anything I mean
1: like going back to the theory that Shane brought up that Taylor has about uh, meteor impact if there was like a lot of uranium or something like that in the in the uh, meteor and it impacts and drives that shit a mile underground it's radiating up through that like that's a, a huge source of radiations then being amplified by this by the basin being a bowl like i don't know man you you look natural it could also be like fucking artificial let's say instead of man or alien made um could be artificial like we're gonna get into uh what they find when they do the the ground penetrating radar and stuff here shortly but like it definitely could be artificial also
0: yeah, I was going to say we might answer
1: our own question with what we go into next. So,
3: Yeah, that's kind of running theme, I think.
1: All right, so next is Brandon Segway. Cut scene with Brandon talking about some shit. Um, he bought the ranch in 2016. Prior to transfer of ownership, Bigelow cautioned that we are dealing with forces that are very powerful and not easily understood. And then he goes on to talk about presence of portals appearing, all the stories we know uh, could, and and I feel like that kind of actually substantiates the wormhole theory a little bit. If the basin itself is like the big mouth of one end of this wormhole, then it does make sense that there would be like little openings popping up all over the place. Especially if there are other civilizations, let's say, with the technology to traverse a wormhole, like it makes sense to me that it that that you would need a way to open the actual opening. The basin's like a screen door. And then these guys have the technology to pop it open and, and jump through and they little like portals that open up and close, you know,
3: like you have the gate to the campus, but then you have the door on the buildings type thing,
1: you know? And again, I mean, yeah.
3: that's only, you know, if we're talking wormhole, we don't want people to think we're fucking crazy sold into this, but it's a neat theory and it's kind of cool to think about
1: really. I'm no astrophysicist, but having watched Donnie Darko like 100,000 times, it kind of makes sense to me. I've always loved the wormhole theory as far as, you know, being an explanation for long-distance
2: travel in a shorter period of time. Agree, yeah.
1: So we're back to the command center. Oh, man, I feel like Dick. My first line of notes on here is, Dragon the Scientist is not convinced. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I've got uh, a couple of things on Dragon on this one, too, which, sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> just guy. fair. If you aren't into this shit, you can't blame him. He said before that he never had an experience, like in the episode when they're launching the rockets. I think it was the last one. And they see the orbs, and he's like, I've been working here for X amount of time, and I've never seen anything, and this is fucking amazing. He's a, an intense dude, and he seems he's pretty skeptical, but also, like, starting to believe. Shane?
3: So that's one of the reasons I asked. I don't know if you guys caught it. I was kind of camouflaging the question, but for those of you who will listen to Thomas Winter interview, that's one of the reasons I asked that question of personalities. Do you see this personality versus this personality and things occurring because, and that immediately you thought a dragon because it is a thing, you know, he's just got a certain way about him. And if you are this kind of a person or this kind of a personality, maybe you're not, I don't know, maybe you're not. That's one of the reasons I asked that. I thought that was just, I don't know. Yeah, I,
1: I kind of fucked that delivery up. I felt like it would sound attacking the way I was going to ask it just because my voice sounds that way.
3: <laughs> but, In general. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. Like,
1: was just, Is he as intense as he seems on camera? Or is that the producer's making him the foil for the science guys? Like the blue collar guy that maybe doesn't understand the science a whole lot. And yeah. is getting frustrated with with all of these fancy degrees around him trying to explain it to him like he's stupid, maybe yeah, yeah. dumbing it down could a be. too much for him. You know? I I, I, I kind of think that might be what the producers have chosen for him. And that's what I was thinking earlier when we were doing the interview. And so I I didn't ask it that way.
3: He could have a heart of gold, but you could be right. I I don't know. So just
1: yeah. So anyway. He's not convinced of the wormhole theory or the like satellite dish theory, but it does tie a lot of shit on the ranch together like if you look at it that way like it kind of like bridges all so we're like deep into the phenomenon all of us here. So we're looking at at the entire phenomenon from like hauntings and ghosts to UFOs to Bigfoot as like just different aspects of the same thing, like different sides of the same dungeons and dragons dice a lot of people aren't that far into it which i just realized how lame i sounded being like we know a lot about this shit we know we know a lot about questioning this shit we don't
2: know a lot about it nobody yes
1: but that the uh, sorry agreed al you got something to say oh you're good okay Sorry, I didn't mean to stop on you. I, I guess what I'm saying with this is that that theory, like, on the surface, when you just look at it, especially as, like, someone who's maybe not super deep down the rabbit hole, it it does tie a lot of the weird shit that's happened on the show together pretty, pretty nicely in kind of a bow, you know? Yeah.
0: Maybe not even only tie it together, but, like, why not throw that in there? You know what I mean? There's all this stuff happening. Why not throw wormholes and inter- interdimensional portals in with it as well you know I, I don't think anything is off the table or is not fair game when, when it comes to the basin and then skinwalker ranch you know what i mean yeah any anything goes
1: it made a lot of sense with like some of the time slip kind of stuff that happens up there too you know what i mean like not just yeah. the ufos and and not just the ufos and stuff like that Also like the dire wolf showing up and trying to gobble that calf out of the pen. It kind of makes sense if it's a naturally occurring wormhole that maybe things shift in and out of it. So there's one aspect where like the UFO shit could be different civilizations that have figured out how to traverse that kind of shit and can do what they want. And then there's also like just the natural like animals that just kind of wander into it and then wanders back out and, goes back to its own time, you know? Sure. So we're back at the command center. Travis wants to test his hypothesis. This is where they're talking about the uh, ground penetrating. (laughs) Gives them a place to start working without digging. They brought some experts up. I didn't catch the company name. Did any of you guys?
3: Yeah, it was a a GPR expert. I, I didn't catch a name, but it is a Utah base. I did look it up. So they do things. I think they're based out of Salt Lake City, actually.
1: Yeah, makes sense. The other thing they were going to do was re- resistivity measurements, which is like sending currents under the ground and shit. I thought that was pretty fucking interesting. Of course, Eric gives a little background on why they don't dig, stressing this might help them find spots that are okay to dig. Dragon is being useful when it comes to pulling the GPR. Get some, dragon. Of course the main unit's batteries were fucking drained to the point where they couldn't even turn it on as soon as they pulled it out of the van. And the guy said that they had uh, fully charged right before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. he charged them overnight the night before and they were like at 100%. Um, And he also said that there's no way the batteries should be able to drain without the system being turned on. That's pretty interesting. And I actually had a weird thought about that that I meant to bring up with Tom, but then I didn't. And I kinda wonder if there's like some weird like wave frequency thing where if if waves get to the same frequency, they cancel each other out and like electricity is waves. And I wonder if there's just like some kind of like different electricity on the ranch fucks with people's shit if they charge their batteries somewhere else. Yeah, like
2: if they charge if they charge it there, it's not an outside source. So it's more in sync with whatever's going on there. It seems like once they charge shit up there, it's fine.
0: On when we filmed our first orb and I shunned my laser at it, you can actually see in the video my laser dimming out and it drained the entire battery. But once I charged it there, it was it was pretty much good the rest of the time. But like you can you can visibly see mm-hmm. in the video it draining the battery, and I had to physically charge it the next day. Yeah, that's yeah. Rare. Like
1: speaking of like frequencies, Shane, do you? I assume you know more about electricity than I do. Do you have like anything on that? Do you, do you
3: No, just, you know, I mean, there's a difference with how things charge and, and frequencies. And I think, and there is dependent on like battery usage. And that's one thing I was thinking about when you watch episode, you know, a lot of their older stuff, when they're talking about like their phones or their flashlights or something like that, there's natural things that will drain a D cell battery just because it's alkaline and it's not going to hold up. Now, does that count yeah, the like, same? Yeah, and does that count the same as say in uh, the GPR equipment? I guarantee you, all that stuff, none of that, all that is top technology, shouldn't yeah, be it's affected by them. Yep, yep. So I, you know, yeah, there's differences, but I, I don't see that major. I just see that as a thing. And what kind of, too, in the same time, we're talking about these things draining is yet again phone issues. Like this guy's phone was going fucking crazy, kid, and, and yeah. Yeah, but then on the same time, I've been in places where, you know, just devil's advocate again, you have a phone, you don't have cell phone reception, all of a sudden you find it, you're trying to do something, and your processor on your phone just is not keeping up with what's happening. It's happened on my side, but not to that point. I mean, that was just crazy watching the screen. But it was a neat little video capture, I thought, that they because they had that again, what, like three episodes ago, you know, in the very beginning. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: No, like that's actually like the next thing that was coming up in my notes was uh, Caleb with the afterthoughts uh, phone. is freaking out. The thing is like, so when they showed it on the teaser last or whenever the last episode was, I guess they were off last week. But um, I was like, oh, my phone's done weird shit like that when either Apple is pushing forced at obsolescence to try and get me to buy a new phone or... Just it needs to be turned off and turned back on because it hasn't been for a while. Right. Like it'll do weird shit like that. Usually it's with the zoom function, but you know. But then when when they showed it on the actual episode and it was like switching between apps and pulled up his control center and was like fucking yeah. trying to take pictures and like it so- looked like something that was like this piece of arcane shit. I don't even know how to work. How do I do this? It can't keep up with me. Was taking over the phone. And I thought that was fucking nuts. Yeah.
0: I thought it was crazy too.
2: All the, all the different things that it was doing, you know, it was doing, um, with the phone, not just typing the numbers, but everything seems like all the functions of the phone were being accessed very quickly. So pretty wild.
1: Yeah. It was a very like close encounters of the third kind type fucking moment. You know, I agree from the lead up to it from the last episode. I was like, and then when I saw it, I was like, mm-hmm.
0: I know, because I remember the last episode, you're like, oh, man, my phone's done that. But like once once I watched it on the actual episode, I was like, holy fuck. Oh That's, yeah. that's unlike anything I've ever seen. And they're capturing it in real time. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. But then again, yeah. again, devil's advocate, the process on the phone can only comprehend so much so fast. So, you know, if you if you do have a, you know, there's just that other side to it that you know, even if it is something we're hoping to God and we're all hoping that it's this alien thing or there's something that's reaching out to the phone. But if the actual physical bank of the phone just won't allow that to happen, you got
1: to just chalk it up. That's a it's just a cork. But yeah, you know. for sure. I mean, I know it's hot up there that time of year. And yeah. uh, if dude had his phone in his pocket and maybe like screen side toward the leg and he sweat through on it a little bit on the screen and shit got kind of weird. Especially if the phone's near capacity for memory, it's going to do really weird shit just because it's like the, the central processing unit can't handle it. My old iPhone, the last one I had, did weird shit like that all the time because it was running at like max capacity all the time because I was cheap and bought the one with the smallest fucking hard drive, basically. So, I mean, there's that for sure. So
3: I'm just, you know, different viewpoints. And number one, and also, can I say that it was, it's what, July? And mm-hmm. nobody's fucking sweating. Either they're changing shirts all the time or, I don't know, everybody looked like they were way overdressed for the fucking heat that's in that area.
1: It's the fabric, man. I guess. I guess. I don't know. It's all moisture-wicking fucking um, tactical wear. Right. Honestly, like, I, I noticed that the first episode because, I for some reason get ads for that shit on my Instagram all the time for like the pants that you can run a knife blade over and they won't cut and <laughs> shirts that are the same. Like it's all, it's all like fucking tactical wear. Yeah.
2: They're right. sweating.
3: So where we're at, we are on, they're doing the ground penetration, right? Or they're starting to set. Yeah. So up.
1: July 1st, 10, 25 a.m. Eric and the security guys mess with the GPR. Uh, we cut over to Taylor and Jim Sagala and Tom. They're out on another part of the ranch for the resistivity tests. Uh, the res- resistivity kid, uh, the kid that's running that equipment, he looks like he's fucking stoned to the bone. And I swear <laughs> they called him like three different fucking names. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which I think he was like high as fuck and was like, oh, my name's Lawrence. And he's like, oh, shit, that's my last name. And they were like, hey, Lawrence. And he was like, who's Lawrence? <laughs> so finally, he ends up being named Zach. I didn't but notice he that. He looked like he was fucking stoned. I hope,
2: I hope he was. That'd be so too. That's Do a like- TV show called Stoned.
1: So Taylor was explaining the rumors of underground installations, and the kid seemed just like, he was just like...
3: Not giving a shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're setting up the tests. Uh, they're setting stakes every six feet, connecting them with wires. The kid says it shouldn't take more than 10 minutes to get a result. And weirdly, considering it's a, a test that runs off electricity, there are no power issues. So I don't know if they were running that off batteries that had been charged on the ranch or if this is just one of those times where the phenomenon's like, meh, I get. Well, and I think you know the phenomenon probably can say, hey, fuck it, but
2: um the the area that they've had the most issues with batteries and stuff
1: has been closer to homestead two and the yes. and that's where they're at with the GPS, right? Yeah, yeah. that's
3: a hot spot yeah. right there. A Lot of things happening near homestead too. I'm very curious about that that section of the ranch.
1: Back to GPR, uh ground penetrating radar. They're getting some stuff, uh results near the homestead could be something solid burying sorry something solid buried. Uh they're passing homestead two and they start seeing like dome features right by it and then like there's a double dome featured and they're like it could be metal. So it's July 1st 1045 a.m Eric, dragon and Phil, who is the GPR guy, are near homestead too. Uh they keep seeing dome like structures under the ground that could be something. The features are at several different depths, which seems like it may be anomalous. Uh, looks like it's not quite as evident on the way back, but they are still able to verify some of it. Eric is just happy to have repeatable results and data for once, which can't blame him. And the anomalies are ranging from eight, from 8 feet deep to 25 feet below the surface. And Phil is saying we might be seeing the top and base of tunnels. What do you guys think
3: about that? Well, I just know I got a quote here that was kind of funny when they were doing that and they're looking at these things and I just thought it was fucking hilarious. This is a dragon quote, by the way. So this is us being nice to dragon. Uh, he says, clear as mud, Eric, that's what this place is. I thought, <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll give you that one dragon. That That's a fair good enough. one.
1: Yeah. Fair enough. The PhD has spoken. Yeah.
3: But yeah, it was just, it was weird with the depth and, and what they figured. And again, you know, grand penetrating radar. It's not a, well, it's, Actually it's a pretty close science, but it's not perfect perfect. You're still dealing with soil, mineral deposits, sediment, things that can't get through, but it's it's damn near pretty accurate from what it is now. So when they were just doing the quick things and they were talking about the domes twenty four feet, twenty five feet down. Kinda interesting. And and I'm sure Josh, you're gonna roll into what they drew out, if that makes sense of what oh, that yeah, looks like. It. But
1: yeah. We're back with Taylor, Tom, and Jim um, with the resistivity guy whose name is is Zach. They got called off to help at Homestead 2 to basically bring out the primary ground-penetrating radar rig, which was now fully charged. We're leading up to them pulling the lid off the cistern, I guess it is, that gives Travis radiation burns. Spoilers.
2: Well, they go and... Uh you know after they've they've kind of revalidated they go back down the way they came saw the same points got that same data and then they use the the one that's more intense i guess that they can kind of push around in the lawnmower the lawnmower guy yeah guy. yeah and then they get more more data that way but then they end up by the homestead
1: right yeah like jim thinks the source might be underground I think he wants to dig also. I think he's kind of been annoyed that they can't. So Taylor, Jim, and Zach, they're going to go run the GPR near Homestead too. I laughed because some, I think it was Taylor said, hug this bush if you can, when they were trying to get through some of the trees. Yeah, I know. Uh, That's that's a Travisism
2: kind of. Yeah, for sure.
3: I wish I kept the running thing of like Travisisms because he just like every episode, there's at least one so oh yeah there, it's got to well, be its I, own book and its own thing
1: yeah they're great bad hug this bush if you can to that they're checking the data from the last gpr trudge through the thre- through the trees jim notices a huge anomaly near the well which is the oh fuck me moment jim's like don't lift that up it's where the incident with brandon happened as he's saying, it, he starts lifting. It. He's like, Oh
0: yeah. Tra- he really, his face when Travis started lifting, that was so genuine. He was just like, Oh my God. I just fucking told you not to do that, but
1: you're yeah. doing it. You're doing it. You're doing it. Like, when he said that, I was like, Oh shit. This is so like re recorded. Like the producers, would, like say it again. And he was like, mm. and then I saw his face and I was like, Oh, he talks the way I talk. Like when, you're actually excited. It's like, don't do that. It's going to be that. bad.
2: <laughs> Fuck. Yeah.
1: <'Cause>
2: okay. <laughs> doing it. I guess, I guess we're doing it.
1: Yeah. So don't lift this up. This is where the incident with Brandon happened. What? Quotes. <laughs> there was this guy that came with him. He lifted it up and that's when he went catatonic. Unquote. Yeah. I wrote what that word
3: f- down. I was like, oh, okay. Catat-. And then they did a dramatic reenactment. Of, of that and that was in 2017 evidently when um when brandon originally purchased a property so
1: in my notes i'm thinking that might be when corbell was up there filming hunt for the skin rocker that was that was right
2: around the time
1: it was right at yeah. the same time backstory is some years ago visitors on the ranch uh were filming which is what made me think of that and he noticed one of the visitors was missing and found him upright outside. Brandon grabbed him and said, are you okay? His eyes fluttered and he was like, I was paralyzed. And then I was asleep and asked how long he'd been out. Uh, Brandon said like 10 minutes and the dude was like, what the fuck? So then it cuts back to Travis lifting up the, the cover by Jim's warning. Uh, it's just filled with water. They say it's polluted water. In my notes, I was like, tailings pond, question mark, because I didn't realize it was next to a fucking house. And then Tom said it was, like, this wasn't on the show, but from our interview, Tom said it was a cistern, which I guess, you know, if it's a cistern that hasn't been used in forever, the water could go real fucking bad and smell real awful, but, like, getting radioactive? Well, I wonder how deep it goes, because maybe it acts as kind of a conduit from What's below it is kind of what oh, Okay. So like know. if it's touching the radioactive elements that are underground, maybe it's... Yeah, or, really or very, very close to it, and it's kind of a tube, you
3: know? Yeah, but concrete is traditionally kind of not susceptible to radiation, you know, granted, like bunkers, everything else, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, that's a theory, but I, I, they shouldn't be very deep. I would think cisterns, they don't go beyond the water level, so maybe 20 feet at the most, but... Then again, if they're talking about the, ground, you know, the GPR, that's you know 5 to 25, possibly. Something yeah. you said about that.
1: Yeah, that shit's fucking weird. Um, so after he opens the lid for a minute and they look at it and say the water stinks and all that shit, they put the lid back on. Uh, now Taylor's all of a sudden lightheaded and nauseous. And not just like in the swimmy-headed way he was feeling at the sinkhole, but he's fucked up. Uh, he says, <laughs> we should check our dose meters or whatever.
3: Yeah, I would think they would be going off if he got hit. I'm sure you're going to roll into it, but they got hit with, what, 120 millirads of radiation at one swap? You yeah. would
1: per think... Ionizing radiation, uh, same as 20,000 full body scans in an airport, five times more than the legal yearly limit. If I learned anything from watching Chernobyl, one thing is that, like... uh the amount of radiation your body can handle is finite over a certain amount of time. So if you're getting hit with fucking 20,000 full body scans in an airport, five times more than the legal yearly limit.
3: You just knock that, that shit means, off the tail end that's of your life. five
1: years of radiation exposure that's gone. You can't have yeah. that back. Yeah. And just from lifting up a fucking simple concrete lid off a fucking cistern or shitty-ass well. Like, fuck, did someone, did Doc Brown dump the fucking radiation that he stole from a Libyan terrorist down there? Like, the fucking plutonium? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. Anyway, and also, Taylor starts, it shows up that he got radiation burns on his hand and head that match up with him lifting that uh, lid up. July 3rd, which reminds me maybe we should invite these dudes to a July 4th barbecue if the quarantines lifted or get ourselves invited to theirs, I don't know,
2: whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, July 3rd, 1:12 p.m. back at the command center, they're processing the GPR data. Um they're concentrating on the Homestead 2 data. This is where the upside-down parabolas like the uh the fucking satellite dish theory comes comes out, where also they're looking at the data and saying that if you connect the dome peaks, it looks like a giant football or saucer. Are you fucking kidding me? A thousand feet long.
2: Yeah, that is as soon as they started connecting the points, I was like, oh shit, it's a saucer shape. And obviously my, my mind automatically went to that because that's what I'm about. But <laughs> what'd you guys think?
1: I was thinking maybe buried ufo but like how could it only be like 25 feet deep Mm -hmm. if it's that big
3: well and we're going to cover too but yeah the thousand foot thing and then how they connected the dots it it's odd i will give it that it's odd you know i'd wonder if there's a way i know there's equipment that can bring in where you can tell like mineral deposits and things in the ground and i'd be curious if that maybe is a step next to what they're talking about doing again which you know josh might go into but yeah crazy
1: Yeah, so um, they're still at the command center um, planning. Travis wants to dig. Of course, Dragon, not so much. They're saying from the GPR data, it looks like a two-story facility. Could be buried saucer underground base. No one seems super pumped about digging, but damn, Dragon. When did you get put in charge? Because he was very, very, very adamant about not digging. (laughs) He's
3: out of security.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, fine. Radiation in the area and exposure are pretty good reasons to be trepidatious about that. But totally, the the security and
2: curiosity is getting the best of them. So they're like, "Well, if we do it cautiously, you know."
1: Yeah, my next line is, "Jim has had enough of dragon." (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I get his frustration when he's saying, like, just because I don't have a PhD, I don't have an opinion. And, like, I've definitely felt that way, especially, like, in professional settings where I'm out of my depth, but I'm not stupid. But also, you need to recognize when you're out of your depth and shut the fuck up. Yeah, true. Absolutely. Uh, I don't know. And then there's a let's call Brandon moment. I get it. He's the boss. You need to let him know what's going on and what people are talking about, like, actioning on. And also, like, knowing that those dudes go back to, like, when they were... Nineteen, like, makes sense.
3: There's a trust thing there that I think is, you know, still in play with, between yeah. Brandon and Bryant Dragon. So for sure,
2: yeah. Well, and and I think we found that out from the um, the interview with Tom more yeah. so than it shows in the show.
1: Getting that little bit of backstory makes so much more sense to why, like, when fucking Dragon calls Brandon's like, "Yo, what's up, bro?" Because, yep. With without that backstory, I'm always kind of like, yeah, "Why? Why are, are they so chummy?" For your fucking security guard.
2: Yeah, you know, it, it, apparently he's more than that. It seems.
1: Yeah, I think so, and I think I think uh, Brandon trusts him with with all of that. And back in Taylor's trailer, they're having the call to Brandon, and this is like super interesting to me coming from like a corporate perspective. Because there is a definite fucking power struggle going on right there. I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but like Dragon's recalcitrant, like he's being a fucking kind of a little bitch. Uh, Travis saying we should dig. Um, Dragon's toxic radiation. I mean, it was a high dose, or I don't, it was a high dose, but it wasn't toxic. But I care Dragon's about like, you
3: guys. I love you guys. Da, 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 and I don't want you to see you get yeah. hurt. And
1: yeah.
2: Well, and then and then at the point where uh, Brandon mentioned this could be a major uh, turning point for how the investigation goes, and then Dragon was like, "Or it could be a huge I don't know how did he put it? point." Brandon, yeah. he said it like that. I was all whoa, yeah.
1: like yeah. sarcastic
0: Brandon. Yeah, Brandon Brandon kind of just pushed it off, which I
1: kind of liked. He, and he's he just did. like, "Whatever, he,
0: this is kind of what I want to go he, for," you know?
2: Yeah
1: yeah um and then brandon was like uh with great caution we should move swiftly also yeah. dragon you're in charge
2: <laughs> so fuck. Dragon was kind of bummed about that it seemed like but
1: yeah it's kind of like in my, in my notes i have i aspire to talk to my bosses that way as far as the or it could be a major stopping point brandon yeah
3: it's kind of like when you have like fucking three, nine year olds all at the slumber party and mom says you're in charge Well, they're all the fucking same age, you know, come on. Yeah. It just fucking. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Like just arbitrarily uh, you're in charge Yeah, and they're going to take it super seriously and everyone else is going to be like, mm, fuck you. So, uh, wrapping up, um, I get where dragon's coming from. He's basically being charged with keeping people safe while they do unsafe things, which is stressful. It is a somewhat untenable position, but also the one he signed up for, so buck up, I guess. Yeah. This is actually the most relatable he's been to me. Um, He's basically a paranormal lifeguard, but he knows the shark is out there. So, like, for some reason, this Jaws metaphor was floating through my head when I was watching this. I might have been drunk. Um, He's sounding the alarm, but he's like Roy Schneider (laughs) surrounded by a bunch of Richard Dreyfusses who want to study the shark. Uh, homeboy just needs to get a bigger boat, like an armada.
2: Yes, that's a good analogy, honestly.
1: Anyway, uh, I'm thoroughly intrigued by what the GPR showed. Is it base buried UFO well or cistern uh, that became polluted? Did the Shermans or their predecessors drop some plutonium down there? Maybe Doc Brown. I'm loving the way the show's progressing. What do you guys think?
2: Um, well, screen's on me. Uh, it's fucking amazing. Um, obviously the, the fact that he can open that cistern and and that much, you know, radiation on his hand and his face, I thought that was significant.
1: Yeah. Um, That's insane.
2: Yeah. And, and then the, uh, the saucer shape of, of whatever might be under there. And again, it could be mineral deposits. It could be something different, but I thought it was interesting that the skeptic was the one that kind of drew that out. And he's the one that said the said it first saucer, you know. So that that was the most intriguing part to me.
3: Go ahead, Alex.
0: Um, I just liked how kind of the show started. I kind of it started a little bit different, and it kind of showed Travis really staying there on the ranch and like not just being a person on the camera during the day. You know what I mean? He was there full time. I just I kind of envied that. That experience in a way also shitting my pants at the same time staying in a trailer by myself out there fuck that he had William William ran the fuck off William is in God knows where you know what I mean he never found William we never saw William (laughs) where the fuck is William that's my new t-shirt where (laughs) is William William. I want to find him (laughs)
3: <laughs> On the next Literally. episode, William's going to be like mounted in the back, in the command center, just his head, like a trophy mount, just done deal. <clears throat> yeah. I, I think number one, yeah. Like you said, Larry, and and I, I think show's going great. I, I, I really like what they're doing. I really think they're driving home the observational science, as they say, and uh, especially, and all you listeners will listen to it, but. Once we interviewed Thomas Winterden, it was really cool because now that we're watching the show, we have some of that inside turnaround a little bit. It it ties some things together for me that I really didn't know just from watching the show. It's really cool to get that insider scoop and how that looks and how that's kind of revealed itself. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I'm kind of geeking out over it. it. It's really, really cool. But that, you know, my two cents.
2: Yeah, it was um, with that interview as a, a, another level of understanding and context to the whole thing, so I have a lot of respect for what those guys are doing. From what I can see, I think they're being very scientific and, and logical about it. So I'm stoked Me too. Same, yeah.
3: So, so that's a review for that episode. Stand by for next week. We should have another one on. You can go ahead and you can find us on all podcast platforms. Doesn't matter which one. We are on all of them. You can find our YouTube channel, Strange Uncles Podcast. Uh, you can go ahead and write us at, strangeuncles at gmo.com. You can call us at 801-252-69. Woo-hoo! 45 and you let us know tell us a story or if you have a direct conversation in regards a skinwalker by all means it, again it was really really cool to have thomas on and um you know hopefully we can do it again um larry josh you guys want to go ahead and promote cold research at all
0: yeah um follow us at cold research team on instagram for um videos of our research trips and um updates on our upcoming research trips. Yeah,
2: well, once, once this uh <laughs> once this pandemic gets under control we uh, all of us plan on going out in the field again um to COVID the, willing to that same area hopefully someday places like roswell and stuff like that too so
3: absolutely yeah we'll expand the horizons and we'll go from there so um anybody else got any other wrap-ups or are we good all right close the gates everyone You've been listening to a fourth-hand production.